This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom. Righteously American. Indeed, I am blessed to be sitting here doing a live show with you, and I'm fantastically excited about everything we're going to talk about today. Uh, Let me do a quick rundown for you. Welcome into the show. Uh, We're going to be talking about the president triggering the liberals again, and and he's been doing it now for pretty much on a weekly basis since he became the president, and he's back at it again. And I guess my question for uh, Democrats who don't like him is, How often are you going to let Lucy snatch the ball away from you, dudes? Just stop going up and teeing up for the kick. The president is going to continue to say stuff that he knows y'all are afraid of. And if you keep reacting, he's going to keep putting that ball down there for you. So, you know, if you want to play the Charlie Brown to his Lucy, well, he's going to keep on being Lucy for you. And and we're going to keep laughing at you. So we'll talk about that. Um, Is President Trump about to launch a app? an online social media app that will basically remove our need to go to the village of Facebook to get news and information. I don't know, but I'm going to report on what I've got here for you. And then, of course, for our encouragement today, we're going to talk about Drew Brees getting ripped as being anti-gay for simply telling kids he basically used his platform to spread the word about bring your Bible to school day. So you can bring your LGBTQ stuff to school. I got this this thing here. A college student that I know sent me this. If you're if you're listening to the podcast, I'll tell you what this is because you're not watching the live stream. If you're, if you're listening to the podcast, welcome. Thank you for listening. Loving those numbers. Keep on downloading with us. Um, it's called the Gender Unicorn. It's a graphic by the Trans Student Educational Resources. And so I'm going to go over this graphic with you and I'll tell you where you can find it. Transstudent.org slash gender. And it's such a cute little unicorn, but it has a DNA uh, hexagon or or DNA. It's a DNA, you know, the little ladder, the twisted ladder that represents DNA. It's a universal symbol for DNA. It has that over its area where the two legs meet at the top. So wherever its crotch area is, it has that. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. And then, of course, a court order um, giving a new sentencing date. For Rand Paul's neighbor, you remember this story. Rand Paul's neighbor was mad at him for putting his yard waste at the intersection of the corner of Rand Paul's property and this dude's property line. They're next door neighbors. And they'd been arguing about this for, you know, really over 10 years. They'd been back and forth arguing about where Rand Paul could put his yard waste. And so Rand Paul was out mowing the grass in his very nice, uh, you know, Kentucky neighborhood. And dude just ran up on him and knocked him to the ground, broke some of his ribs, and put Rand Paul in the hospital. And so he was given a proverbial smack on the wrist, and now a, an appellate court judge has said, not today. We're we going to get us some real justice up in here. So we'll talk about that. And then two Planned Parenthood clinics are closing in Ohio. Did you know that Ohio has 26 Planned Parenthood clinics? Now, we have, we have one that does abortions left here open in, in Missouri. They have 26? What is Ohio, like abortion country? I had no idea. So due to funding, they're going to shut a couple of those bad boys down. And so we'll talk about that. So first off, let's just get to this whole um, Trump triggering leftists again. So President Trump, who is the ultimate in, like he's the king of trolldom. He knows how to, so basically he lets people show him where their weak spots are. And then he sits back and he pokes you in the weak spot. And if you jump or if you scream or if you cry or if you do anything in reaction, then he knows that's that's actually your legitimate weak spot. And so he doesn't, you know, try to kill you. He just basically has fun at your expense until you stop allowing him to do it. And what it does is it energizes the base because we are constantly mocked and made fun of just for voting for President Trump, just for being conservatives, just for reading the Bible, just for owning guns, just for doing whatever we do. And what President Trump is trying to do is on our behalf, basically say, you know what? 
you, my, you know, people on my side aren't the only ones who have, uh, you know, a little bit of a propensity to get triggered when they're told you shouldn't put your Bible out in public. You can't pray over your food at school, at lunch. You, you, you're not allowed to talk about God at work. You're not allowed to have a little John 316 scripture up in your cubicle. You can't say Merry Christmas. All this garbage we've been putting up with these social justice warriors, a tiny, tiny minority of people who just have zero actual accomplishments under their belt, making everyone else's lives a living hell. These people have really taken it upon themselves to change our culture in such a way that we just... Where can we get some fun, some good, clean fun that doesn't involve us being mocked or pushed or having, you know, concrete milkshakes bashed over us? So the president uses his bully pulpit to make these people squirm as punishment for what they're doing to regular, good old, dyed-in-the-wool Americans like you and me. And I'm sorry, but I'm enjoying it. You guys know when I say I'm sorry, I'm... I actually don't mean that. I'm not sorry at all. Okay. Okay. So this was at the rally in North Carolina on Monday night. And the president was talking about, well, a lot of different things as he often does at these rallies. He just covers a wide range of topics. So it was a keep America great again rally. It was in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and he was trolling the media and trolling the Democrats and triggering everybody who has, if you, if you're easily triggered Monday night was your night. He said he was only kidding, but he said he's basically he knows he's done in 2024. And what he has to do is he's got to, you know, make a change so he can have a third term. Now, remember, just in case anybody's listening and you're you're not a Trump supporter, but you love the show. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Um, if you're one of those people and you're having a tough go and you're looking around and thinking to yourself, you know, this isn't right. And he should never say that even jokingly because it goes against the constitution. Well, were you mad when Barack Obama said it? Because president Obama said he needed a third term too. And liberals were like, yeah, get it. You are the man. You deserve a third term. We don't understand this constitution. We don't believe in it. Nobody built that. That's what, that's what Obama supporters said. So obviously this is what he was trying to do. Uh, President brought up this notion of an extended stay at the White House and said that he was meeting with Gianni Infantino, who's the president of FIFA, the world soccer governing body. And the U.S. is set to host the 2026 World World Cup. So it's the men's championship. We're going to host it. It's the largest event in global sports. We're going to host it in conjunction with Canada and Mexico. It's apparently going to be the biggest event in the world. And President Trump said, we've, quote, we got a problem. In, in 2026. And I said, well, wait a minute. Under the normal rules, I'll be out in 2024. So we may have to go for an extra term. Okay. That is obviously a joke, but you know what happened. Drive by media picked it up and they ran with it and they sound like idiots because they didn't have a problem with President Obama saying it. Now, if they had gotten this irked over President Obama making that comment, then I'd say, okay, wow, good for the goose, good for the gander. But that's not the case here. They are not excited or overly worked up when President Obama makes jokes, but when President Trump does it, he's mentally ill. And they're still, even though they don't talk about it as often, they're still trying to work up the mechanisms by which to impeach the president, even though he's been completely cleared and is innocent of all wrongdoing. They At least they haven't come up with anything he's done wrong that they can prove yet. Remember, that's what impeachment is all about. It's about saying, you did this, you need to be impeached, right? So he said, um, Oh, they're going to go crazy. They're going to go crazy. Tomorrow, you're going to see headlines. Trump wants an extra term. I told you. I told you he wants it. He wants an extra term, ladies and gentlemen. We told you. We told you he's a dictator. We told you. Of course, the crowd is yucking it up. And he says, nah, nah, nah. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. So obviously, the uh, 22nd Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which was ratified in 1951, sets a two-term limit for the presidency, and there's no getting around that. So the president actually has to be joking when he says that he's going to do that. That's just all there is to it. So it's not about um, whether or not he wants a third term. It's about making a joke and then watching all of the liberal heads just spin and pop off like we used to do to our Barbies when we were little. You didn't like that Barbie on that body, that Barbie head. Maybe you cut the hair and now the hair was jacked. And so you would take another Barbie with a head that you liked, but maybe the body, the arms and legs had gotten chewed up by your dog. This, this is true. I'm telling all true stories. And so I would take the good head off of the chewed up Barbie 
and put it onto another Barbie that had a perfect body. So just imagine the sound that the Barbie head used to make when you would pop it off. I remember being able to do it with two of my thumbs. I would go to a little area where the neck was attached to the body, push hard with two thumbs, and it would make this little popping sound, and the little Barbie head would pop off and roll away, and then I would grab it and stick it onto the doll that I wanted, and then I would go to my mom and dad and sheepishly say, look what Lady did, because we had a Cocker Spaniel named Lady, and she used to chew my Barbies up if I left them down. And I'd say, look what Lady did, and then my mom would say, how did Lady get a hold to your Barbie? Because your Barbies aren't supposed to be left out where Lady can get them. When you're done playing with them, you're supposed to put them back in their house or someplace where Lady can't get to them. And then I'd say, I don't know how she got it, but look, it's chewed up. The arms and the legs are chewed, Mom. And my mom would look at me and she'd say, I'm not buying you another Barbie. And I'd be like, it's okay. And then I would whip out the newly modified Barbie. And she'd say, oh, so you put that one's head. She said, oh, good work, because I'm not buying you another Barbie. And I'm, <laughs> I would be thinking to myself, I got to earn myself another Barbie. I had to do something to earn it. But the point is that Barbie head popping off sound, that's the sound we heard all over America starting in the wee hours of Tuesday morning and just going onward until people are still upset about it. The President Trump said he wanted a third term. And my my question for them is, if he hasn't floated changing the Constitution, and if he doesn't have party leadership saying the same thing, and if he's still only in his first term, that I mean, because, you know, points, truth and facts are, make a point, then why would they be upset about him joking about having a third term? Probably because they have Trump derangement syndrome and they can't stand the fact that he has had a first term and it looks like he's going to actually finish it out. And that none of their prognostications have come true. Like the idea that he's sick of being the president. He's not even going to make it through to the end of his first term. He's going to retire. He looks like he's pretty hale and happy to me. He looks like he's hanging in for the long haul and he's looking forward to a second term. So let's pray that he gets it. Um, so that, that all of these stories are at listen.stacyontheright.com. Um, so let's talk about this social media network. And then when we get back from the break, we'll go into the Drew Brees story because I wanted to have a little bit more time with that one. So we'll do it in second segment. So first off, a Trump social network is readying for launch. And remember, I still have, I know you guys are probably thinking, really, Stacey? I still have that cool announcement that we're going to make. Now the date for the announcement is October 7th through 9th. So you'll just have to wait. I'm I'm dying to tell you, but you'll have to wait. Um, but it's super cool, and I can't wait to share. Trump social network readying for launch. He actually has the campaign, Trump 2020, is planning on launching its own app, professionalizing its operation to track the army of Trump and keep supporters donating, volunteering, and recruiting. Sometimes Twitter just isn't enough. So it's been years since the president began to actually call out social media and tell them and tell Americans that they're just spending a lot of time suppressing social media content from conservatives, but they're going to launch a smartphone app this fall to encourage supporters to donate, volunteer, and to reel in like-minded voters all while providing the president more unfiltered access to his followers. So supporters who download the all-in-one app are expected to be able to sign up for Make America Great Again rallies, canvas a neighborhood, call voters, or maybe even register to vote as the campaign looks to turn passive voters into activists. Now, I think this is fantastic, but what I'm looking forward to is him saying they're going to have a place for this, not just on your phone, but somewhere where you can go on your laptop and a place where people can post comments and where there'll be moderation, something that will outlast just the campaign. Now, I don't know how campaigns work as far as you creating something and then taking it off into the private sector after you're done with the campaign. But I can't imagine there's not a mechanism for doing that. And we need that. We need a social media platform that we can get to without the censorship that's free from all of the liberal bias that we can use to communicate and share stories. And so my hope is that that is what this is the beginning of. Starts with the campaign, ends with us having somewhere to be where we do not have to worry about being censored. So uh, perhaps the most important feature, according to this article at Politico, is that the app is going to use prizes, VIP seats, a photo with President Trump to persuade the most fervent supporters to recruit their friends, rewarding them as campaigns have been doing for top donors for years. So this takes that top donor kind of special treatment, the VIP treatment that top donors get. And that when I say top donors, these are people who pay 35000 a plate. So husband and wife are paying seventy grand to eat dinner in a room where the president is going to speak and everyone gets their hand shaken. Everyone gets a chance to actually interface with him because they've given 35000 or 70000 or for those very, very wealthy donors, they've bought a table where each seat at the table is $35,000. 
and they brought people in who can then write additional checks. They can't write a check for 35, but they can write one that's huge, like for 10 or 15, that regular people are going to get some more access to encourage them to campaign for the president. All I can say is what, what, get it. Let's get it. I love it. All right, we'll be back with more. Stay there. You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. First, I hold my hands out like they're on a steering wheel. Then I look over my shoulder. One. Okay, cool guy. Two. Three times. Next. Oh, I put it in reverse. Meep, meep, meep. Then I take it up and down. Up, up, and down. And that, kiddos, is called the forklift. Dance like a dad. It's a great way to make a moment with your kids. Now that's dancing. Sure beats flossing. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hi, everyone. Al Roker here. As a guy with his own catchphrase, I appreciate that after 75 years, Smokey's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But I'm filling in because there's a lot more to report. Like when it's dry or windy. Be careful burning yard waste, because wildfires can even start in your neck of the woods. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Hey, everybody. Rachel Ray here. Nothing brings a bigger smile to my face than cooking up a big meal for the whole family and lots of friends. But there's not enough room at my table for the 17 million kids in our country who struggle with hunger. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food to give hope to hungry kids. But they can't do it without your help. Support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Woo! Let's get crazy! In movies, when someone at a party jumps into a pool fully dressed, everyone cheers them on and jumps in too. Just so you know, in real life parties, nobody jumps in after you. You just look stupid. Come on, jump in! Come on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue, and you can use, like, anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey, bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right. Okay, <laughs> so I'm in the chat room over at StacyOnTheRight.com, and first off, let me let me just give shout outs. Um, Sting and Smoke and Melly and Chow and Cacti, Born Chi and um, Tracy are all in here, um, and so and there's a couple of people named me. Um, one of them is me, actual me, which I think is let's see which one's actual me, um, Stacy, just plain old Stacy. That one's me. Um, and they're over here talking about when I was talking, when I was discussing the, the mega donors and how they have all this access and how now this app is going to enable regular Trump supporters. When I say regular, I, I mean, you know, middle class, you know, re- not rich people, pe- people who aren't rich, who support the president and want to spend their time canvassing, knocking doors in their neighborhood or, you know, whatever they want to do, right? It's when you want to do some work for a campaign and often, 
that might get you a spot at the rope line when the president flies in and he's, you know, where Air Force One lands at the airport. Sometimes they'll have a rope line there and some of the people who've done great grassroots work will get to shake the president's hand just briefly and you can snap a picture with your cell phone. But this is better than that because there'll be basically prizes. So it'll just energize and supersize the kind of results that people can get. And I like it because I think the get out the vote effort, of course, we do need wealthy people to write those $35,000 a uh, plate dinner checks. Uh, we need those checks because those things help fight the air war. They help uh, put up the websites. They help with a lot of things that are kind of background get out the vote efforts that have to be done in order to win on the state to state level because it's every state is its own individual contest for the presidency. But beyond that, there are really and we see it often like one of my friends, um, her name's Diane. She and Annette, they're they're like there's like the terrible twos, but in a good way. Um, the two of them set up a Trump campaign headquarters here in St. Louis. They actually went out and found donors among wealthy people who live in the state of Missouri and funded the office and ran it. They they staffed it and ran it for the president. Like, I think they set it up before he was the nominee. It might have been afterwards because it was it was up and running for a while. And then they've kept it open. So they actually have that that office. It's been open since before the president was elected, and it's currently open, and they still organize events. Like Scott Pressler, you might have heard of him. He's a online social media giant. Um, he just did this most recent big thing that he did on social media is he organized a group of people to drive to Baltimore to clean up a few city blocks after the whole Elijah Cummings rat comments where the president tore them up because their city, it, it stinks. So... He organized a bunch of people to go there and clean it up, and he got a lot of attention for that. Well, he's going to be here doing some get-out-the-vote training. It's actually tomorrow night, and I'm going to MC it. So not only will I get to meet him, but I'm going to get to, to really listen to the training and learn a lot from from him, and um, just it's going to be fantastic. And so I'm, I'm excited about the synergy that's going on here. But it's hilarious because um, so on here, um, M- Mimi4 said, I've got 50 cents. Cacti Forever said, I can throw in five. <laughs> Tracy said, well, in all honesty, I only have 350 because I'm saving up money for a van. So this is an opportunity for people who you don't have big checks to write, but you have time. You can spend time calling because um, what they do is they spoof your phone number. So you can call from your cell phone and the list gets downloaded. The app is actually your list. So you can select a list to call and you can sit at home. And if you have an hour before, you know, you're cooking dinner and you have an hour before everybody comes to sit down, you can spend an hour calling people and saying, you got to vote for President Trump. And then once you've called them and talked to them, you check them off the list and keep going. They also have the same functionality for your iPad. So you take your iPad and you can literally select and cr- cross off whether it's phone calls that you're doing for phone banking, which is what it's called, or if you're doing, let's say you're um, you're actually going out and you're canvassing neighborhoods. And so you get a few of your friends together and y'all all go out and you knock doors. And as you knock the doors on the neighborhood, you click them off and you're actually helping the campaign because one of the chief things that a campaign will do is they go and they look, they get the list from the state agency that tracks all of the voting, and they see the people. Sometimes they build the list based on who voted in the last midterm. Sometimes they'll say who voted in the last special, midterm, and general. Sometimes they'll say just anybody who voted in the general. And then they divide them off. Obviously, the lists are by Democrat and Republican. They'll download the Democrat list. They'll put that into the app and then volunteers can canvas canvas those neighborhoods because the list is organized by neighborhood. So you can go street by street. And if there are 10 Democrats on the street and 15 Republicans or vice versa, you can choose to knock all of the doors or just the ones that are targeted on the list. And the list compilation, that's the background stuff that I was talking about, these $35,000 a plate dinners. Those dinners actually pay for the campaign expertise that you hear, you don't, you don't actually see or hear it really. It's, it's invisible, but these are the people who work in the campaign office. They work across the country and they're doing the actual list building. They're doing the targeting. They're deciding what, so out of these neighborhoods in this district, how many times do we need to knock these doors? Cause you know, it's, it's sometimes it's obviously you would want to go through once you would want to do one complete canvas, but a true campaign operation that's set up to win 
is going to do targeted knocking and they're going to not just knock the doors, but they're going to convert those knocked doors into sign waivers, uh, rally attendees, donations. Um, they're going to get the information from those doors that they knock so that they can then touch those voters again. They knock them once, maybe they text them once a week, every week until the actual election. They convert that those texts into promises to donate or actual donations by clicking the link in the text to take them back to the campaign website to donate. And then they turn those donors into people who then activate other people to maybe go canvas another neighborhood. So you see how all that works? So this is what we want. Um, we want this to be something that the president can pull off. And then afterwards, because one of the things I think the Republicans have been, and a lot of these people who don't like President Trump, they're like, well, you know, he's, he's like, quote unquote, King Trump. I've seen some criticisms from Never Trumpers saying that the phenomenon that is Trump won't translate into anything lasting for the Republican Party. And they're looking at Barack Obama and the phenomenon that he was and saying he didn't convert the the fever that surrounded him and the actual motivating uh, activity that was Obama organizing for America, they didn't translate that into an apparatus that outlasted his presidency. Well, that's because he didn't want it to, because he's selfish. I can see the president remaining plugged into the Republicans and allowing them to convert this new thing that they're standing up to move that into something that operates for the Republicans going forward. And if they're smart, they'll work with him arm in arm so they can make that happen. So they don't have to continually reinvent the wheel every single election cycle. In some ways, you do have to do that because Americans are very transient, moving a lot, changing their addresses, changing phone numbers. Um, but there's still a certain amount of stick to with Republicans, as it is with Democrats, and in order to know these people and to really have their trust, you want to develop a relationship that outlasts any one single campaign. So, I mean, I guess, you know, there it is. I'm just excited about the app. And I hope that it will in the future become something that is social media friendly, that can move people away from this. It's like it's like we're enslaved to Facebook, to be quite honest with you. And I'm saying this as someone who I spend 90% less time on Facebook than I did when I was at my heyday and I was adding like a thousand followers um, every, I say every 16 days I was adding about a thousand followers. And now I'm basically at a standstill because you have to post like 18 times a day um, and you have to be on there all the time. And they really, I think, punish you if you're not using the app. So on my Facebook page, I still have the app, but on the private page, that is just my the page I always started out with way back when. That one I don't have the app anymore because of all that tracking it was doing. So we'll see what happens. But I'm super excited about this. And and this is great news. Let me let me see if there's anything else I'm missing on here um, that I wanted to share with you. Uh, let's see. Trump social media app. Let me just tell you what else is on here. Um, yeah. I think I gave you all the information. If there's anything you're looking for, this story, you can find the link and you can read the whole piece for yourself. Um, so let's let's dig into Drew Brees real quick. And then we'll get to the gender unicorn. All right, so Drew Brees, um, he's being ripped and called anti-gay because he's basically he's an NFL quarterback, in case you don't watch football. Um, he plays for the New Orleans Saints. And he recently was a part of a video that encouraged Christian students to participate in Bring Your Bible to School Day. Now, why would they not want kids to bring their Bibles to school? Because someone might crack the Bible open and find out that Jesus loves you, died on the sins to save, died on the cross to save you from your sins, and that he is absolutely wanting a relationship with you, not some religious, you know, bowing down, servitude, slaviness. It's, it's about relationship. Some kids who are thinking of cutting themselves or who are sexually promiscuous or who have really tough home lives might actually find out that there's another solution to this whole thing, that they don't have to just exist, that, that they're not animals who are evolving. They're people created in the image of God and that they have an eternal existence. And I mean, there's just all kinds of awesome goodness that they might actually learn if their Christian friends brought a Bible to school. How do you know the Bible is impactful? Because anytime you talk about having it around, opening it up, reading from it, sharing it, or just leaving it someplace, like in a hotel room, liberals, anti-Christians, secularists, whatever you want to call them, 
They get all up in arms. They don't want you to do it. Now, if you say you're going to leave a Hindu, whatever they read or, or something like that, or, or a Quran laying around, they're like, oh, yeah, go ahead and do it because it's not going to help you. That's why. Because it's ineffective. So he's apparently a legendary uh, play caller. He just won a fabulous Monday night football game. He was promoting this event sponsored by Focus on the Family. And he said, I want to encourage you to live out your faith and bring your Bible to school day and share God's love with friends. You're not alone. So Libs began to say that he he's a former Purdue, Purdue University star. They said, oh, you're only doing that because you're anti-gay. So then he issued a clarification on his commitment to equality. He explained to the anti-religious critics that promoting the Bible is actually a means of showing love for all groups of people. He said, love, respect, and accept all. I encourage you to not believe the negativity you read that says differently. It's simply not true. He says, hopefully, this is a tweet he sent out. He's at Drew Brees on Twitter. Hopefully, this sets the record straight with who I am and what I stand for. Love, respect, and accept all. I encourage you not to believe the negativity you read that says differently. It's simply not true. Have a great day. I do not support any groups that discriminate or that have their own agendas that are trying to promote inequality. Now, I don't know what he means by that. Maybe he doesn't understand what he means by that. Um, I am. So am I promoting inequality because I believe that the, what the Bible says about um, traditional marriage and the relationship between men and women, the complementary nature of the relationship between a man and a woman, that's not promoting inequality. That's promoting the ultimate inequality, which is that we are all the same in Christ Jesus. He's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't care if you give 35,000 in the offering plate or five cents in the offering plate. We are all his children and we're all able to access the throne with the same access. We don't, we don't have to have VIP access. None of that. We can access him immediately because he's right here ready to hear from us and he's waiting for our cry. So, um, I, I just, I think it's kind of sad that this is happening and what I, what I think we we have to do is we have to look at what he did and we have to stand firm. And I encourage you, especially because this happens to all of us, no matter how strong we may appear in, in whatever dealings we have, all of us have something that we're afraid of or that we are concerned will negatively impact us. And we have to put our faith and our courage has to come from Christ. So when we do that, we will not be shaken we won't be movable we'll be able to withstand whatever it is that is the the reaction to us being christ-like even if that's criticism or you know loss of friendships or um what is really really popular especially among grown women is they'll just talk about you they'll just gossip about you and they'll ridicule you and then when they see you you know give you the silent treatment or maybe kind of you know smile when they're talking to you but then talk about you within earshot that kind of stuff and I view all of those things. I used to, I used to really get upset about that, but I view those things now as a test. It's not a test for them because they're already, you know, what they're engaging in, they're going to have to answer for. It's a test for me. How will I react? Will I bite their head off? Will I go back to old Stacy who there was not a sarcastic cutting remark that I couldn't unsheath and quickly lop your head off and keep going about my business without thinking about you again? Will I go back to that? Or will I see what you're doing? And understand that vengeance is mine and I will repay, thus saith the Lord, and that it's not my job to make sure you get what's coming to you for doing whatever it is that you think you're doing to me. Mm. Yeah, it's tough. I still struggle with that. But it's it's an understanding that I'm coming to coming into. So that means it's not just them. It's everywhere, whether it's online social media or um, the reactions that we get from people. And these people just don't know God. So, it, you know. We don't want to smack them down. We want to help them know who we know. We want to help them know the Savior. So, um, okay, so we have, yeah, just we have enough time. So if you want to see this for yourself, you got to go to transstudent.org slash gender. It's called the Gender Unicorn. So a college student texted me this picture today, and it's the little unicorn. It's drawn cute. It's like super cute, and it has a little thought bubble coming off of it with a rainbow pride flag in it and it says gender identity you can be a female woman girl man male boy and then other genders then it has a dashed line and underneath it says your gender expression can be feminine masculine or other it says your sex assigned at birth dna helix 
is female, male, or other intersex. And then it says you can be physically attracted to, little heart symbol, women, men, or other genders. And then another dash line that says you can be emotionally attracted to women or men or other genders with another heart. So this is nonsense. This is nonsense. And what they're doing is they're putting it out and handing it out to students at college campuses so that the students can have this foisted upon them because they know the parents, it's not like if you email this to the parents, they're going to forward it to the kids and say, come on, kids, let's learn about gender confusion. So they're doing it on their own. Talk to your kids about this stuff. If they're not mocking it and laughing at it, tell them what's wrong with it. All right, we'll be back with the last segment. Stay right there. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pour me out. (laughs) This is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Okay, kids, Dad's going to teach you how to dance. First, spread your feet apart. Then, a pump your knee, a nod your head, shake your hips, and bite your lip ever so slightly. Now, with one hand in the air, point at people with the other hand. I call that the rock star. Dance like a dad. It's a great way to make a moment with your kids. Now, make a face like it just smells something bad. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.com. Org, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Jill, why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Whoa. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Spacey on the Right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm just adding this um, gender unicorn diagram which actually she sent me I guess this was photocopied so it's a black and white version um the college student who sent me this and I'm actually sending you um well I'm not sending it to you but I'm placing it in the show notes um it's called a gender unicorn and you can actually get it for yourself and take a look at it you can discuss it with your kids if I were you I'd print it out um and I'd 
share it with the kids at dinner time. Pass it around. Ask them what they think about it. Ask them if they're being taught this at school. Have you ever seen this before? Um, have Has anyone ever told you anything about resources like this? Maybe click through and take them to the website. Um, why? Because it is our job to make sure that we are doing the educating of our kids. Yes, your kids are in school during the day. They're they're in, you know, maybe public school. They might be in private school. Wherever they're getting their education, they're getting a lot of information there. And if you're like me, I always felt like I want master's degree professionals, you know, people who've been trained in teaching to educate my kids and to help them get through content that I, I didn't feel qualified to teach them. I know a lot differently now. I don't have to be a, you know, master degreed professional to teach my kids K through 12 education. I don't have to because the resources out there are so plentiful that basically you're just administrating the education of your kids. You're doing some instruction, but you can, you can farm out the parts that you don't feel comfortable doing and, but you're in charge of what the content is, the curriculum. So homeschooling has been completely demystified and made into something that any parent can do. Um, and it doesn't have to be a full-time job either for moms who work part-time or what have you. You can still homeschool your kids. And so I, you know, I don't regret the way that we've brought the kids through their educational process, but there is, there are some definite benefits to homeschooling. And if you need something that more closely fits your family's lifestyle, then you can get that done in your own way. And in, in, you're in charge of it. It can happen for you. So I just encourage you, no matter what you're doing with your kids, get your hands on this resource because the leftists are certainly pushing it off on your kids and teach your kids what the Bible says about gender and the complementary nature of men and women and what God created. Adam and Eve busted it up in the garden and, you know, what we have now as a result of what they did, but it it doesn't mean that God doesn't still have a plan for us. He does and a way that we can live and glorify him and have joy to the fullest, the utmost in what we're this, this existence that we have now. Cause remember it's not like God was shocked when they messed up. He had a plan to ameliorate the effects of the sin that they did. And so we're living and walking. We have abundance that we can live and walk in, especially in relationships and in knowing how God created us as men and as women. We, we have very specific and free, uh, free will and a lot of freedom and liberty, but we have very specific roles that we can walk in and experience joy in. So, you know, there, there it is that that's that, um, that, well, this crazy pants diagram, there it is. We discussed it. Uh, so I wanted to talk about Rand Paul and this new court order. Um, so first of all, Senator Rand Paul, you might remember this story, he has really been through the ringer. He was uh, attacked by his neighbor. And I remember when I covered the story of the sentencing on the air, I thought to myself, why would any judge give this man a smack on the wrist for putting Senator Rand Paul in the hospital? Is it because he's a public official? And if you put in a public official in the hospital, an elected person, then it's not as bad. It's not as big of a deal. I really didn't understand this at all, but... It says here from the hill.com, a federal appeals court on Monday vacated a 30 day prison sentence for a neighbor of Senator Rand Paul, Republican from Kentucky. His neighbor assaulted him in 2017. And this federal appeals court judge ruled that the sentence of 30 days in prison was overly lenient and he has ordered resentencing. Judge Jane B. Stranch of the Sixth Circuit of Court of Appeals wrote a 16 page opinion in which she said the lower court were Renee Boucher, who is the assailant, and he's convicted, so I don't have to say alleged assailant, the actual assailant, where Renee Boucher pled guilty to assaulting a member of Congress had no compelling justification for sentencing him far below federal guidelines. Quote, federal defendants with a criminal history category of one, the lowest possible level, who were convicted of an assault received an average sentence of 26 months imprisonment and a median sentence of 21 months. The ruling states citing data. We therefore vacate, vacate all in caps, Boucher's sentence and remand, remand all in caps, for resentencing. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, but I just think that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because he uh, he not only assaulted Rand Paul, and I'm not saying that assault is less, you punish it less if the person wasn't injured, but let's just say the same thing that happened, happened. Rand Paul's out mowing. He's piled up some yard waste at the corner of their properties. The guy comes out and he's mad. He runs out without giving Rand Paul a chance to even talk to him and catches Rand Paul off guard and knocks him to the ground. And Rand Paul gets up and he's completely uninjured. That is when I could see them saying 30 days. Basically, here's a wrist smack. Don't do it again. Because 30 days in jail is still a very disruptive thing. I mean, don't don't take it for granted. 30 days in jail, a lot of people would lose their minds. So that would be appropriate, you know, in, in the big scheme of things, if you say, dude wasn't injured. He just knocked him to the ground and he assaulted him and he were convicting him of that, but the guy wasn't injured. But Rand Paul had four broken ribs and he was admitted to the hospital where he then contracted pneumonia and he had to recover from that while he had the broken ribs. And broken ribs are excruciatingly painful. So his recovery was very lengthy. And of course, it was traumatic for his wife. Additionally, he was the subject of a lot of really nasty online attacks because he had been physically assaulted. Where people said, yeah, we're going to come there and we're going to assault your wife as well. It's, it's not good enough that he just broke your ribs. He should have killed you and we should come and kill your wife. It was so bad that Rand Paul's wife actually went out and got a concealed permit and started keeping a gun in the house to protect herself. So when he's in D.C., she was at least protected at home. All of this because Rand Paul and this neighbor had a dispute over where to put clippings and leaves and what have you. So I feel pretty confident that, and you know, I, I don't know from Adam, but I'm just guessing here. He probably isn't going to get the median sentence of 21 months or the average sentence of 26 months, but I'm guessing he's probably going to end up with more than the 30 days that he has originally, I guess, already served. I mean, it's kind of amazing. And maybe he hasn't served it. It doesn't say here. It doesn't say if he's if he's served it or what. Um, and when I read this earlier, I didn't see that in the pieces. Okay, so the, the opinion offered examples of other 30-day sentences for assaulting members of Congress and noted that the damage paled in comparison to that of Boucher, who broke five of Paul's ribs. Oh, I forgot to say, in addition to the pneumonia, Rand Paul actually had to have part of his lung removed. Because of this. So they give examples in the Hill piece. And I found the original story. Well, I found the story over at the right scoop, but it links back to the Hill. It says, for example, in 1981, two defendants were sentenced each to 30 days for throwing eggs at a congressman without hitting him. A third defendant was sentenced to 15 days for spitting on a senator at an airport. So Stranch, by the way, if you're wondering if she's a conservative, she is an Obama appointee. So this is something that she's doing as a matter of law. She says these prison terms were similar to Boucher's, but the offense of conduct was quite different. As the government argues, it's difficult to understand why a tackle resulting in long-term serious injuries warrants the same sentence as an egg toss or a spit in the face. However, the ruling adds that while that is true, these three cases occurred roughly 40 years ago before the sentencing commission or the guidelines even existed. Their age and limited number make them less helpful to our analysis. So more recent cases involving assaults on federal officers involve significantly longer sentences, such as a 2015 sentence of 24 months for a defendant who pushed a door into the arm of a government doctor and a 2014 case in which the defendant was given 21 months for bloodying a customs officer in his nose and ear. Ooh, wow. People, people just get, they get, they get violent, don't they? Huh? And if they do, they ought to go to jail. Sorry, if you lose control of yourself and you just start beating somebody to a pulp, you should not be like, okay, here's a, here's a wrist smack. That's why people keep doing this stuff. Why do you think Antifa is so rabid and crazy about going around and busting heads? Because they're not worried about being punished. Not only have they masked themselves to prevent the, you know, identification, but they also know that even when they are arrested, they can get off. They can get off without anything going on. And that is just garbage. So lastly, and I wanted to get to this today on the show, um, because this points to 
just how pervasive abortion is in our society. And we have to keep praying that God will continue to move and answer our prayers and closing these clinics down and making less abortion and, and ending the taxpayer funding of abortion. We have to keep praying for that. So this is breaking news. Two Planned Parenthood clinics are closing in Ohio. Two of their clinics, this is according to Planned Parenthood, are closing due to a lack of funding. The two clinics are going to close their doors for good on September 20th. The five other clinics in that part of the state will remain open. 26 Planned Parenthood clinics in Ohio. But there is a bit of bad news. So the organization blamed the closures on politicians who moved to defund Planned Parenthood for performing abortions. But neither of the two clinics actually are abortion centers. So there are two clinics that refer to abortion centers, but they don't actually perform abortions themselves. This is kind of annoying because we want to see abortion centers closed, not just the little clinics. Um, So Planned Parenthood makes sure to shut down facilities that aren't performing abortions because their priority is to keep the abortuaries open. Two of the 26 closing down, shutting down the ability to refer women to other clinics that perform abortions. I'll take it. But it would be better if the clinics that were closing were the actual centers performing the abortions. But we'll see what happens. The president is going to continue to look for ways to defund Planned Parenthood and to make this a reality for us. And so, you know, the, come on, we we give it up for that. In fact, uh oh, I think my little knob. So I have these little buttons that help me beat. So I'm able to do cool stuff like uh, give the president a little bit of applause. <laughs> okay. So last but not least today on the show, let's talk a little bit about everyone's losing their minds because the president has fired national security advisor, John Bolton, who says that he offered to resign. Now, these are the kinds of things that happen, you know, when, when someone is let go or someone is terminated or someone is leaving, there will often be a dispute about who initiated it, yada, yada, yada. The point is he's leaving. Um, president Trump actually tweeted out that he fired NSA John Bolton, uh, because he disagreed with many of his suggestions. But minutes later, Bolton tweeted out that he offered to resign Monday night. And President Trump said, let's talk about tomorrow. And then he fired him via Twitter. Now, NBC News has cited a White House spokesman that reported that Deputy National Security Advisor Charles Kupperman has been appointed acting national security advisor. Now, I want to just just real quick. Um. Again, if you're sitting up shocked about this and you're, you know, your eyes are bugged out like silver dollars and your hand is over your mouth or you're clutching some pearls, you have to know that President Trump is in the business of letting people go when he doesn't like their performance and he doesn't set time limits on it. Whether you've been there for 10 days like Scaramucci or 10 months like some of the others, if he finds it no longer beneficial to continue to work with you, he's going to say goodbye. That's it. That's all it is. So if you want to stay, you have to make it your business to do a good job and to kind of, you have to not just anticipate what it is that he wants, but you have to be invested in making sure that you know what that is. Um, and I don't know what happened with Bolton. Of course, details will be forthcoming, but you know what? There it is. So I encourage you, have a great night. Have a fantastic evening. Um, thank you so much for being with us today, especially since we had a little bit of a time off like, difference in the start of the show. We had a little technical difficulties, but that didn't stop this test of the emergency broadcast system coming direct to you, Stacey Washington. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Have a great night.